0: Hey, it's Bao, and this is Coffee with Bao, where I chat with awesome people about their creative process, their cultural identity, and how they continue to grow as a human being. You can find all of my past guests or get in touch with me at coffeewithbao.com. And I'm super excited about my guest today. I'm hanging out with a fellow Asian American musician. He's a hip hop and R&B artist from Atlanta. His music's been featured in um, some Netflix shows Wu Assassins, CW, Fuse TV, and a bunch more. Um, and he's got a new album coming up with Coffee with Bao alumni Jason Chu uh, in a few days. So we're going to talk about the album. It's going to be pretty dope. Here's my new friend, Alan Z from Atlanta. What's up, Alan? Hey, friend. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for joining me. No doubt. So you've, you've been on uh, self-imposed, like, super strict lockdown? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so I am one of the few people in this country that actually stayed inside since <laughs> mid-March. And I've been shamed so many times for, like, <laughs> you know, rejecting opportunities, gigs, or not coming outside. But I just I just don't trust people, man. Like, if everyone just actually, like, you know, wore their masks and, you know, were safe, I'd be like, you know, I felt safe around them. But I was like, no, I don't trust any of you.
0: Save so here. I just did everything yeah. virtually. I've been playing it safe. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. going out doing a little bit of outdoor things, but um, better safe than sorry. Y'all have been um, really busy working behind the scenes, though, trickling out new singles and working on this this album.
1: Absolutely. Crazy. Yeah, let's, like, let's um, I think that was the plan for me because I felt like because I wasn't doing, like, you know, outdoor gigs and I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. taking on, like, movie roles and stuff because I had to turn down a bunch of, like, roles and stuff. I was like, I had to make myself like, you know, still relevant. So I started yeah. putting out way more content than usual because I felt like I can still connect with an audience and, and grow my audience by still being myself just virtually, just, you know, just doing. So, you know, th- you know, thankfully, like, I was able to go viral like a bunch of times since 2020. Awesome. Um, I've gained a bunch of new connects. Uh, and like you said, like, I dropped a bunch of singles because I wanted to kind of, like, you know, give people like more and more music. So that, you know, like, they can have more of, like, me in their playlists and stuff.
0: Good on you, man. You were born in China, and you guys came to the U.S. when when you were pretty young. But, like, you guys had lived in a few different countries and and some other states other than Georgia, too, right?
1: Yeah, so um, I moved to London when I was four, Singapore when I was five, and then I moved to Maryland when I was six. So I I was, you know, in elementary school in Maryland. And then um, I moved to Seattle afterwards. That was for like middle school and high school. Um, I did not like it there. Um, (laughs) So I'm, you know, I was like trying to find a place that was like really relevant in hip hop. And I know that's like a really weird answer. But like at 17, 18 years old, I was like, I got to find somewhere where my talents can be appreciated. Yeah. So... Um, kind of like LeBron James when he took his talents to South Beach I was like I'm taking my talents to you know somewhere that you know people will uh, I guess like you know support me so I was like you know I'm, I'm gonna give Atlanta a shot so I applied for colleges where there was a hip hop scene so I applied to like New York like NYU and oh, wow. I got into both but Emory gave more money to me and so Atlanta which just became like my adopted hometown because that yeah. was like, the first place that actually showed me like any kind of love
0: Wow, that's so cool. What's your what's your family story like? Like how did why were you guys moving around to different countries so often?
1: Uh it is it was honestly like my health conditions just because um mm. you know there was a lot of pollution in Asia and uh it was giving me a lot of like, you know, bad reactions. Mm. Um so we moved to England for that reason. You know, we moved to, you know, we moved around a lot. Um and finally in the states, we just kind of said like yeah, this is where we're going to be, you know, because I had already started, like, you know, elementary school. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, again, like, we moved back to Asia, like, uh, not moved back. We, we went on vacation in fifth grade because we were planning to move back. And then I, I got another asthma attack. And so they're mm. like, yeah, it's not a good idea. <laughs> so, like, honestly, like, my health at that time, like, kept me in the States. So Are your parents? Uh, and, then, you like... know, eventually I became a U.S. citizen.
0: yeah. Are your parents like Chinese Chinese like Chinese citizens or have they c- become Americans?
1: Yeah, we're you know we're all like you know uh, naturalized, you know what I'm saying? Um so we're, I guess we're all of us are first generation, you know. It it took um, me like
0: 20 something years to get naturalized.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Were, are, were your parents like musical? Like was your household musical?
1: No. Um honestly like when it came to music I was just honestly enthralled by hip hop. Like uh, my first oh, wow. introduction to it was Eminem. Like yeah. uh, most people that know me know it because I'm literally obsessed with Eminem. But since I was a kid, like when I saw him on MTV, I was like, "Oh, this guy's like, the coolest person ever." Because you know? at that time, like I, I was when I was in second grade, I was like a big fan of NSYNC, and then uh-huh. Eminem came out and I was like, "NSYNC sucks," so I like never listened to that <laughs> CD again. Um, but I was like, he he like. He had that pop star image at that time, but he was so rebellious and like, you know, yeah. anti-pop. So as a kid who was like going through that phase of like, you know, um, I just, I just, I just kind of like um, gravitated towards that. So when I found Eminem, I started digging in the crates and started li- listening to like other artists that were like within the genres. So, you know, I found like Nas, uh, Jay-Z, yeah. um, you know, like Tupac, like Rakim. And then when uh, Eminem signed 50 Cent, I was like a big fan of like, you know, 50 Cent, D twelve G unit, um, awesome. and the, you know DMX, uh, rest in peace. So like, yeah, I just I just kind of fell into it, and I felt like because rapping was the coolest thing ever, I just wanted to feel like somebody. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, okay, these guys are like superheroes to me. I want to feel yeah, like a superhero. I don't want to feel helpless.
0: Wow. Um, what did your parents do, and how did how did music enter your life?
1: Well, they weren't really supportive. Obviously, Uh in the beginning, because I was, like, you know, in middle school saying that I wanted to drop out to be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, um, you know, like, eventually, like, when I went to college, they became really supportive because, like, they kind of saw, like, I was getting attention. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, I'm just out in the streets rapping for random people. It was, like, major labels were hitting me up. And like, you know, I was winning, like, I, I won like a rap battle tournament for, you know, for cash. And then they were like, where did all this money come from? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I was just showing them like little receipts of like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing, yeah. what I'm doing. And as I got older and older, like, there was like more and more proof of like this thing becoming tangible as a yeah. financial like uh, asset. So I think um, over time, like like now, like my parents are like super supportive. My entire family nice. is actually.
0: That's so cool. Do you have siblings?
1: No, I'm my only child.
0: Wow. Um, When you guys were, like, growing up and, you know, living in England and uh, around the States and stuff, um, did you guys practice, like, Chinese traditional stuff? Like, not traditional, but, like, what were some things that you guys did that kind of symbolized being Chinese to you when you were a kid?
1: Well, I mean, I never speak English to my parents ever. And oh, that was cool. something that he always ingrained in me. Because, you know, it's really easy to lose your mother tongue if, like, mm. you just stop. So, I, I never... It's it's weird for me to talk in English to, to my parents or any, any of my relatives. I'm just like, why the F would I do that? It's like, I'm... You know what I'm saying? I'm Chinese. We're am going to talk, you know, in Mandarin. So, um, that's something that's always, you know, kept me rooted. You know, and obviously, like, I, uh, I went to Chinese school every Saturday up until, like, 12th grade. You mm. know what I mean? Um... Wow. But I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I got super prideful about being Asian like these past two years. Like before there was still some kind of resistance because most of my like race, like, you know, bad experiences in the industry and just in life has been because I was Asian. So I always felt like yeah. being Asian was like, I'm sure you felt the same thing. It's like, it felt like it was a liability. It's like, man, I yeah. was just some other race. I just, you know, but I think I turned that weakness into a superpower because I realized I'm not the only person that feels like this because of this, how, systemically we were been set up right as far as like how people normalize their hate towards us i'm just like this is something i'm, I'm you know it's like the more they hate us the more i loved us you know and, and yeah I, I definitely poured that into my art as well
0: wow um as you were growing up and and by the way that's awesome that's a really great story and i'm, I'm glad all that's been going down in the last couple of years <laughs> Um, Absolutely. you said you, that you started like getting really, you abandoned the pop boy bands <laughs> 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 and and you got into, into hip hop. And, um, when you were younger, like in high school, did you perform or record any of that stuff?
1: Yeah. So embarrassingly enough, I recorded <laughs> a, a demo tape when I was in middle school and like me and this other guy, Evan who was my, my best friend at the time. We like just uh-huh. sold it to everyone at school performed um, at talent shows, and uh, yeah, I mean it was really embarrassing because like I literally talked to one of my friends from middle school, and he was like, "Yo, yo, bro, I still have your your uh, your mixtape. I'm gonna sell it for five thousand dollars when because I know you're gonna be famous in like next year." I was like, "Please don't ever show the world." I was like, "I'll pay you five thousand dollars myself <laughs> to never upload this on the internet." Um, so yeah, that's my embarrassing story as far as like my <laughs> musical teenage career. <laughs> that's so
0: funny. <laughs> Uh, So you said you moved out to college specifically because of the music uh, in those areas. And um, Mm -hmm. you must have just been dead set. Like, let's go do this, right?
1: I was, man. I just because I think what pushed me, honestly, was I was bullied so hard in middle Mm. and high school. Like, before people even knew what, like, cyberbullying was, I was a victim of that. You know, it's like Mm. I I got... Ostracized because I wanted to rap and everyone in school knew I wanted to rap and they they didn't accept that because I was Asian you know and these are all white kids that were just like oh this should only be for black people and they have to be gangsters you know it's like really racist white thinking you know like my friend was black and he eventually joined a gang and they were like oh yeah he can do it (laughs) he he qualifies (laughs) (laughs) for what we think Um, wow meanwhile like I'm like studying for the SATs in like you know in 8th grade because you know obviously like Asian parents right uh (laughs) Which is probably why I have such an immense, like, you know, like, vocabulary. Because I, I would read vocabulary words, S C T words all the time. And I enjoyed it. Because, you yeah. know, I liked using that in my raps. But, um, yeah, man. It was it was tough. And because of how badly I was treated, I just, at that time, I was like, I want to just prove all these kids wrong. Yeah. Because it's like, you guys told me I'll never be nothing. I'll never amount to nothing. You're going to, you know, never achieve anything. And I'm like, okay. All right. And, and that has always been my driving force was to prove everyone wrong that's dope and um yeah i think little by little i've been doing that and um that's yeah it's just i mean i I, maybe that's not like the best way to let go about your career but (laughs) it's been something you know childhood trauma never really leaves you so i think for me the way to heal is to succeed yeah
0: i see wow uh you dropped your first ep first times the charm 2017 and um Apparently, it did pretty well because you got a bunch of plays. You, you know, started playing music festivals. You had a few songs placed in some TV and stuff. Um, how how did that come about? Like, how did
1: those opportunities show up? Um, I think as far as opportunities, it started like in 2015. Um, I had did this show in Philadelphia, um, and I kind of gained a fan base overnight, Mm -hmm. and from that. You know, it it kind of trickled to different opportunities. They are like, hey, I want to book you in, in you know, in D.C. I want to book you in Virginia. I want to book you in New York. So I just kind of said yes to everything. Like nice. Jim Carrey and yes, man. And cause I'm like, yo, like, if you're going to pay for, you know, me to travel and perform, sure. Yeah. And I think I just started building a bus for myself. You know, even at that time when I didn't have much of an internet presence, like, I was, I was really, like, hustling, like, on the road. Just, like, you know, families, shows, like, you know events here and there and just really really making my face known and then i just started doubling down on my internet presence because i'm like Mm. you know obviously obviously, as you know it's like social proof is everything so i just started really working hard on my instagram and um facebook presence um and eventually tiktok you know um yeah and it, it was it's been a long long journey but i think i'm proud to look back and see how far i've come uh
0: did you work with other people to produce that first EP?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, there's no features on it, but as far as producers, yeah, like the one of the main producers was—he um, was a you know chops from Mountain Brothers. Who, mm. um, you know, Mountain Brothers was the first Asian American hip hop group to sign with a major label back in the '90s. He's also like yeah. one of my mentors. Um, nice. and so he did All of You and Color Me Bad both were placed on TV so All of You was on uh, featured on the on the show iZombie on CW um, and um, you know like on that I'm not gonna lie to you like I don't ever want anyone to listen to that EP again because I'll lo- look back and I was like oh my god so many mistakes on this you know I'm just like oh my <laughs> god I could have said this I could have wrapped this you know and I'm just like oh my god but I mean like if there are two songs I would recommend it would probably be like all of you and color me bad and maybe distance. But I listened to the other stuff. I'm like, God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, because that was my follow up question too. Like,
0: how do you feel your music has changed since then? And um do you feel a lot more focused as far as your message and your topics?
1: Absolutely. I think like at that time, I was I was still kind of figuring myself out, you know, like mm-hmm. I was just making Almost like I don't want to say placeholder music, but I was making songs that I felt like was right for the commercial audience. So I was just doing whatever was going to make me sell, and mm. I, I felt like I didn't go deep enough into who I was. And I remember the criticism that one of my uh, older friends got. Like he, um, his name's Mister. Like he he's a like a videographer for the Brat. You know the um, female mm. singer from So, so Deaf. and he he female rapper from So, so Deaf, and he told me like. Bro, like, I listen to your, your music and you're good, but what is your story? Like, who is mm. Alan Z? He's like, I, I know you're good. People know you're good, but I don't know enough about you. And then so when he said that, it put me in this, like, journey to want to personalize myself more into my music, right? Yeah. And be vulnerable, be open, be very transparent. And I think yeah. that's when the the masks started, like, unfolding. No no pun intended, you know, as far as 2021. But... <laughs> Um, I just got super comfortable with myself, man, you know, Love all it. my flaws, all my insecurities, all my, you know, pros and cons. And I think that yeah. was what made me like, so undeniable now as an artist is because Do it's you, like, there's nothing you can say to me because I know everything about myself.
0: Did you also see like the audience it's, did you see that click with the audience too, when she started getting more into your own skin?
1: Yeah. I noticed that like people were rooting for me harder. Wow! you know before it was like there was support definitely and I, I definitely had i'll always be thankful for like my fans but i think in this day and age it's like people are like oh you're, you're in your bag now it's like oh i get it like you're you're really coming into yourself it's not so much like hey support my friend please it's more so like <laughs> yo this guy's gonna blow up he's you know it's like that that energy is like no you have to listen to him not like yeah please he's really good i promise you like it's it's the 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 discourse has changed, which is something I appreciate. You know, I never want to be like, some somebody's like friend who really wants to be like no, like I don't care if you support me or not. Like I want you to listen because you know I'm I'm credible. You know, awesome, dude.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Um, a few months ago, I guess during like a Slants Foundation meeting or maybe on Slack or something, um, I got to review a proposal, and it was your proposal, you and and Jason Chu. Mm -hmm. Um, Jason Chu also appears in episode 12 of Coffee with Bao, by the way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for for you guys watching. Um, And it was a proposal for an album and a multimedia experience based around telling the stories of the Asian American experience. And I think we unanimously voted to help fund that project uh, along with a few other organizations. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really excited about it. (laughs) Can you, like, give us, give me, like, your elevator pitch for what it is?
1: Face value. Yeah, so me and Jason Chu's upcoming album, Face Value, uh, it drops Friday, May 14th. Yes. Um, And it's basically an album, a concept album that centers around Asian American history and experiences. You know, and it's an album that is not only reflective of our past, but also reflective of what's happening today because everything correlates. Mm. So the album is full of, you know, people that you'll probably know, like Ronnie Chang, Dante Bosco, AJ Raphael, yes. Ruby Ibarra, Chow mein, um B. Vang, who plays the Lee Hmong actor in Grant Torino, um, a couple of South Asian artists like uh, Nila Humble the Poet. And a bunch more that I don't want to spoil the surprises for anyone who, who will be listening, which I hope is everyone watching. Um, and it's just a special record because I feel like it's something we want to be able to kind of not only amplify all of our diverse voices, but also something that can bring like understanding and healing, you know, in, the, in this crazy time.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I'm going to show folks the album art for the first single off that record. Um their first single is called Model Model Minority, and that's Jason Chu, Alan Z featuring Dante Vasco. Y'all gotta know who Dante Vasco is, right? And Nila, who does the the hooks on the song. Uh I think it's probably one of my favorite songs in your discography so far. Uh it's oh, really you. great, Alan. Let's take a little break. Hey, it's Bao. You know, sometimes I feel insecure about even calling myself an activist. I mean, all I do is make art, right? And hope that people feel something or think or address certain topics that I care about. And that's not exactly the highly visible type of activism that they write about in articles, right? Uh, But I'm realizing that that's not true, you see? Because art inspires and art moves you to action. Art makes people feel like they're not alone. Um, essentially, art matters. Uh, so, I serve on the board of a nonprofit called the Slants Foundation that helps empower artists of color with the resources and the support system that helps them understand that their voice matters. And there are now dozens of high profile articles about the p- impact of our nonprofit, uh, which makes me feel kind of good. If you think that I'm talented, you should see some of the artists that we've been working with at the Slants Foundation. But we need your financial support to do our thing. And that means money. We need you to donate money to the Slants Foundation so that we can nurture the next generation of cooler, better, smarter Bows. (laughs) So if you can't afford to, please make a tax-deductible donation to the Slants Foundation by going to theslants.org and tell them that Bao sent you. All right, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. See ya. Let's get back to the show. Um, So you guys, I'm chatting with Alan Z. He's a hip hop R&B artist from Atlanta. He's got this new album coming up soon on the 15th, May. 14th. Uh, 14th, sorry, Um, called Face Value. And uh, it's a collaboration with Jason Chu who was previously on Coffee with Bao. And judging from this first single, and I think you guys are dropping another
1: single in like a couple of days, right? May 7th is when we drop our second single, Making so the Band, dope. which features Humble the Poet. Yes. And uh, shout out to the producers, too. Um, so the producers for um, Making the Band were West One and Mac Rohard, who, you know, have worked with people like Ted Park and a bunch of dope like uh, Korean hip hop artists. And um, yeah, shout out to Mio So too, who did um, the Model Minority Joint. She's a super dope producer and a DJ out of New York.
0: That's great. So judging from this first single, it's going to be an incredible album um, and a really powerful statement on the challenges and the triumphs within the Asian American community um, throughout the history of this country. You can find Alan Z at com, or um, he's got a pretty strong social media presence on Instagram at alanzmusic. So um, Alan, coming from a concept and then getting people to buy into it and then actually executing that <laughs> is a ton of work and like a lot of moving parts. Um. What was your journey with Jason to to get this project out into the world,
1: dude? I didn't even think it was possible. Like when when we were about to, you know, go for the pitch, the the process of pitching to people. Like in my head, I'm like, if this this doesn't work out, I really hope like you know we can do this for next year or something. Because I was just so mm. like, I'm just. I look back and uh, on the whole process, and I'm like, I'm so proud of our, our, ourselves. You know, like yeah. just because it's like. Like you said, right? We had a window of about three months to do this. You know, we we started, uh, you know, the the pitches on Jan gen- in January, right? We got the funding. Um, we started the the writing process in February. We started the recording process and finished the recording process in March, right? Wow. And then on the last month of March, we did mixing and mastering for a week and a half, which is like thirty hours of me Crazy. and the engineer sitting down and like, you know, making sure everything sounds right um and then we you know during that time um we met with a bunch of cool like you know organizations and uh you know distributors and we you know we partnered with traverse who has a distribution deal with um sony orchard so um mm. our album's gonna be released through them and we just did all that while recording while writing while figuring everything out and it's like it was a, it was a wild ride and it's crazy to think that like maybe it wouldn't have happened um if it wasn't this time because we felt like this time was so like necessary. It's like not an album you can push back because this is something I feel like the Asian American community needs to like have, you know, not even for our vanity, but more so for, you know, to, to be heard, you know, to, to know that that we are appreciated. Our history is something to be cherished and not erased.
0: Wow. That's beautifully put. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, as far as your contribution to the record, what do you think your secret sauce was that you brought to the
1: table? Oh man, uh <laughs> one is definitely bars just because I'm very very <laughs> yes. like bar heavy. Um I'm super competitive as a rapper. I'm I'm sure anyone who listens to me knows like I'm like when I <laughs> even if you're my friend or not, like I'm rapping at your neck. Like I'm trying to make sure <laughs> I'm pushing you and I'm making sure you're like close to me or or you know or as close as you could to my pen um and also wow. i would say like um i definitely brought like my pop sensibilities into it my boy band sensibility <laughs> uh uh you know i, I sing too so like yeah. um, i contributed a bunch of hooks um to this album um you know like on on tracks like foreigner i sing on that bruce i sing on that making the band that you know the second single i sing the hook mm-hmm. on that um and a bunch of other songs that i don't want to ruin for you guys um And, you know, I think, like, I had, like, me and Jason had the vision mapped out, so it was really easy for us to, like, know who to hit up for features, know who to hit up for production, and Mm. piece everything together, because we kind of, like, listed every track and specifically made every track tied to a certain theme. Like, for example, like, Modern Minority, which addresses the myth of the modern minority, Making the Band, which addresses, you know, the systemic uh, oppression and laws that we face, like, you know... Chinese Exclusion Act, Muslim ban, Internment Camps, right? Like yeah. very specific things. So that helped with the process of, of building the album.
0: Wow. I'm really excited. I, I haven't heard the record yet, but um, just that first single is powerful, man. It's so good. Um, I think it's pretty clear, like Thank you me. said earlier, that this album is like specifically for this moment and it can't be pushed back. And, um, you know, what's been going on with the Asian American community in terms of, it's got a weird duality right now. Like, on one hand, we're getting all this hate crime targeted at us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. people getting assaulted and stuff. And then on the other hand, in in culture and entertainment, we're making some some pretty big advancements in terms of representation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, it's like a weird... Tumultuous time. I, I actually don't know what to make of it, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. But what are you hoping this album accomplishes in the short term and the long term?
1: Beyond just the Asian American community, I want people to realize how misinformed they are when it comes to our pain. And I think mm. it's really important for us to, you know, keep speaking up and standing up for ourselves, not only for this current moment, but to also rectify and, and contextualize what we've been through for you know before we were born our ancestors right yeah um i also want to be able to kind of like bring a sense of restoration and healing to you know asian american listeners who do listen and feel seen from what we're talking about you know feel heard feel like oh wow like they're speaking to my experience they're you know like this is something that i can really relate to you know because i feel like even yo like even when i listen to like um rappers that aren't asian right like a lot of times i'll listen and I'm like, oh, I love this, but I totally do not relate, you know? So I think it will be great to have a record that's so Asian American that like, if you are Asian American, you, you, it's like, it's right there for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to dig far to know mm. how, you know, how to, to feel, you know, represented, to feel seen, to feel like you, you belong here.
0: Yeah. I think that one of the approaches you guys took is to really dig into history. And like you said, you know, talk about stories from before we were even born, you know, and I think that there's a lot of power in that. Uh, I also appreciate that you guys like pay tribute to a lot of the trailblazers that have gone before us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if there's anything else that you guys attempted to do that maybe is nuanced and, and that people might not
1: grasp right away. It may be like subtle but we we were very like intentional with you know making sure voices of different like nationalities were heard you know like we didn't mm. want to make this like an east asian american history album you know you know what i'm saying like so we had yeah. a bunch of southeast asians on it we had south asians on it and we had all of them like you know, like for example i'm out of minority we had you know east asians southeast asian obviously Dante bosco and south asians you know with Vanilla. so it's like we we wanted yeah. to show that kind of unification you know and uh even within the Asian community, like, we have so many, like, random beefs and, like, unnecessary tension. And it's like, yeah. for what? You know, it's like, yo, like, if, if a raising person sees us, we're all Asian to them. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know? Like, you can't, re- re- like, reason that, oh, no, don't worry, I'm Vietnamese or I'm Japanese. Like, no, you're still going to get punched in the face. You better respect the fact that we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. Um, And also, I, I think also, like, I want people who… uh will give this album a listen to realize that this is not like a history lesson. Like, once you listen to the album, it's a really well-produced record. Like, you won't go into it feeling like a chore. It it just, it's going to be music you'll you want to play because it's, you know, we're, we're musical people, right? Like, this is something that, like, we've wanted to do not only for ourselves, but also to kind of prove a point that, like, our history is not boring. Our history is actually pretty sexy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's a lot of, like, things that we can really pull from to to be proud of.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Um, what do you think, like, moving forward for you, like, specifically for you as an artist, what What do you think success is going to be in the next few years?
1: Um, I think financial stability, like, in, in what I do in terms of, yeah. like, my music and acting career. I definitely want to get more into acting just because that's, like, a huge passion of mine. So, like... You know, acting and modeling is something that I want to be able to, like, use music as a launchpad for. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that's something I've always told people I wanted to do, you know. Um, So, you know, as far as I can go with music, I'm going to keep going. And hopefully, I'll have a very long music career, knock on wood. And financially (laughs) successful music career. Um, But, you know, I know that, like, I can't, like, be, like, in this, like, age range forever. Right? Yeah. I know that my retirement plan does not lie in hip hop. My retirement plan lies in other facets of entertainment or business. So that's mm. why, in the next few years, I want to invest my time and my energy into like acting, screenwriting, you know, producing TV shows, especially with you know making sure that we're seen. That's something I'm yeah. super passionate about. If I can be like on a seat at the table and be like, no, we got to make sure this person is is, is selected, not Chad our people because he plays a specific role that is like, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to be able to be in those kind of rooms. Um, so that's something I want to, I want to really do moving forward, you know? Cool. We are
0: talking with Alan Z about his new record face value. It's a collaboration with Jason Chu. Um, and it's a reflection on a long history of Asian American, the Asian American experience. Um, Mm -hmm. Based on their first record, Model Minority, this album's gonna be total banger. So, um, you can find Alan at com or hit him up on Instagram, allenzmusic. I think that you have a really strong artist presence online, but, um, just to be honest, from, from what I grasp, uh, there's not that much, like, super personal stuff, you know, and, um, It's probably a good move, (laughs) to to on your your end. But uh, outside of music, are you working on anything personally that will help you level up as
1: as a human being? Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like the stuff that I'm working on, you know, outside of music and and whatever, I want to show people, you know, when I'm ready. Like I don't I don't want to divulge that. Cause I feel like that's, if I'm, if something is a work in progress, I, I don't want to put that out there, you know, because that's something internally for me to work on. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot, you know what I mean? Um, and I think the reason why, like, um, I don't put like my personal life out there is because I learned from the greats, right? Like, you know, I learned from like Eminem, Andre 3000 from Outcast and people like that is you got to have a sense of mystery to you because as, mm. as, as accessible as I may seem online, there's a lot that like people not within my, my inner circle don't know about me and I'm okay. with. Yeah. It. And th- I think yeah. they're okay with that too, because there's gotta be certain boundaries you set as a human. Even if you are a public figure, there's, there's a certain line you don't want to cross, you know? And I'm, I'm very clear about that. So nice. I, you know, I, I think like I give enough to the people and I like it, through my art, whether that's music, um, acting skits or in my writing, you know, whatever it may be, I give you, what I think you should hear or, you know, some form of me that is personal, but I think we all deserve to have our own privacy when it comes to, like, yeah. who we are and what we want to keep to ourselves. I know people are like, oh, you're a celebrity, you can't have privacy. No, that's a choice. I don't need right. to go to an A-list club if I don't want to go be seen, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, like, or whatever. Like, I'm not saying I'm, not, I'm A-list, whatever. I'm saying, you know, when you get to that point, you make a choice. You make that choice if you want to be, like, put yourself out there like that. So I'm working my hardest to maintain that sense of um, privacy, you know? Yeah. Damn,
0: that's great. I think that's a good approach. And I guess everybody's different and and everybody has different needs and desires. But, like, if that's something that you care about, like, I would say to all artists, like, you don't need to put it all out there, right? (laughs) you got to reserve a little space for yourself. So good move on your part.
1: Yeah, man, I think you can put it out all out there on your music or whatever art out that you choose. But, you know, I think it's good to leave a little room for mystery, even in social media days, you know, because that's just my opinion though. You know, some people may think different and that's cool too.
0: Yeah. Um, there's been a lot going on lately with, within the Asian American community. Like I said earlier, um, uh, and i think a lot of us in the last like year and a half or two have been encouraged to or inspired to really lean into that especially in the creative community like really lean into our asian american identity mm-hmm. and band together and, and and be a bigger force having said that i feel like sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming like just to you know constantly be barraged with people doing their best to be activists or people really fighting to have their voices heard or to fight for justice for our community. And sometimes it, I believe in that stuff. Sometimes it wears me out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you feel the same way and, and whether you have any tactics of like coping with that and protecting your, your mental health, your personal well-being
1: absolutely man I think every day I open my feed and it's something terrible happening to our community and it's like it's so frustrating to see over and over and for people to still gaslight and like still make it seem like it's not a big deal you know it's just and um, it's also annoying when like People like tag me or or like DM me saying, "Have you seen this?" I'm like, "Yes, I've seen it." Like, <laughs> why do you, why do you think I sh- you should traumatize me? They're like, you should yeah. say something about it. I'm like, dude, I trust me. I've seen it. I just don't want to relive in that trauma, right?
0: Yeah, of, of like okay. having to see
1: it over and over, right? It's just Seems. it's just not, you know. But I think for me, it's it's a uh, i one. I don't really jump in comment sections as much as I used to. Like, I don't. I just refuse to do that, you know, because I feel like that's like a cesspool of of misinformation and and hateful people. Um, I think what, what is progress is, is done, you know, within like actual like meetings organizations and like, you know, just uh, putting together a plan together as, you know, whatever group you're you're a part of to do something positive. Right. It doesn't happen within like commenting and arguing with Bob from Wisconsin. Right. It happens, you know, through like actual work. So I think, one, I, I try my best not to be on social media as much as I, I actually am because of you know what I do. But you know, you I, need it I for usually work, <laughs> exactly right. But I'm, I, I'm not. I don't do it for, for fun. Like I remember, my friend told me this quote, and it was like, back in the days, okay, back in the days, you go on the internet to escape from reality. But nowadays, you go, you go live in reality to escape from the internet. And I feel like that's how I feel nowadays. Is like, mm. I don't. I try my best to not stay on the internet because it's so hateful and so much evil. So I try to devote that time to my creative efforts to check up on my loved ones and you know, watch anime or, or, or some, some show on Netflix, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. So um, let's wrap up by talking a little more about face value, uh, however much you can share, no pressure. But uh, like the approach is, is clearly that You know, you want to make songs that are great songs, but like also have a really powerful message and a powerful sense of action behind them. Mm -hmm. And um, how did you guys like approach the writing of the music and and how do you think it came out as a reflection of that goal?
1: I think it was exactly how we wanted it to come out. Wow. As as like, (laughs) as self like as confident as that may sound it's just, it's just i couldn't have made like change anything about it just because of how perfect a vision came out because it was like enough material for us to look back and say this is what we wanted to touch on for this time period right that mm. is necessary for people to hear and also um for me like i feel like i've written some of the best verses like in my mm. career so far because I'm like this is so personal to me like I've had so many people like in my comments when I did when I just did a reel for my verse on am out of minority on Instagram they're just like yo this is like the, the best verse I've ever heard from me I'm like bro wait till you hear the album because it's like that's the, the energy I kept it's like yes, it's coming from not only pain but it's coming from like historical like references and knowledge and all this new stuff that people aren't used to right because like people are used to hearing about certain subjects because it's referencing hip hop all the time but this is like so new to to bring some music to you know, to be able to kind of reference these, you know, like, you know, uh, icons and like, you know, um, important people in our community. So I think, um, it's, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have done it any any other way with this project because musically, it's like we worked with some of the dopest producers in terms of like what they could have brought to the table. Um, features like we had like a dream collaboration team, like Ronnie Chang, Donny, Dante Bosco, right? Like, yeah. Raphael, Ruby Like I, I have a duet with Ruby Ibarra. That's like, how crazy is that? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, right. And then I, I, um, I co-wrote a song with AJ Raphael, you know, for, for his like solo, like uh, track on the album. It's like all these things that you would, I would have wanted to do like years ago, but mm. not know how to execute. And it's like, yeah. this is finally the time to do it. And it's just so, so cool to see it all unfold.
0: Yes. That's so awesome. So I think the record's going to drop less than a week from when this episode airs. Uh, May 14th, the album is called Face Value. Is it one word or two? Two words. Two words, Face Value. And that's Alan Z and Jason Chu and a bunch of really cool features on the record. Um, you want to shout out to anybody before we before wrap? We, um,
1: sure uh yeah shout out to jason chu and the whole GGE team shout out to yes. traverse uh the whole team there shout out to the orchard um shout out to some of my homies taj hollywood kt shaman um man uh, i'm gonna I'm forget so many people and people go yo oh, why don't you shout me out Because <laughs> I, I try to go on this rant of you know what that's it because <laughs> i'm gonna like, end up offending more people but yeah man there's a lot of people to shout out <laughs> Uh what do you think
0: was there any like scary moments when you when you guys were making this record like d- did you guys screw <clears throat> anything up or was there anything like
1: that was really hard Um when we were trying to look for features for this album it was really scary because <clears throat> you know how you know how like artists and entertainers are they don't answer you ne- the next day the answer when they feel like it <laughs> So we were, like, looking at the deadline, like, okay, we got to submit this. And they're just like, yeah, I'll get it. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll get to it. And, you know, and obviously it was, like, last minute. We got we got everything. But it's, like, just the fear of, like, oh, man, they're going to come through. I don't want to put anyone on blast, but there was, like, certain people that, like, sent their stuff, like, literally the last day. I'm like, thank God. And they made the record. But it's, like... Those in- moments of anxiety is like, oh, my God, Like I, I think I need to take some medicine and lie down because <laughs> it's just so much pressure. But, you know, thankfully, everything worked out, you know, so I definitely feel blessed.
0: Yeah, dude, I had a lot of fun chatting with you. So um, thanks for making time to join me and, and share your story and stuff. It's really good. Of course. Uh, guys, I've been chatting with Alan Z. He's um, got this album, Face Value that the Slants Foundation helped to fund, uh, along with a few other groups. And uh, it's a collaboration with Jason Chu, who's on a previous episode of Coffee with Bao. Um, You can find Alan on his website, alanzmusic.com, or his Instagram, alanzmusic. If you like the show, you can support me by subscribing and sharing this with your friends. Also, if you can financially support the show, uh, I'd really appreciate that. You can buy me a coffee at coffeewithbow.com. And thank you. Oh, this month we're doing once a week. So uh, we'll have a new episode every week this month in May. And um, thank you for joining me for Coffee with Bao. I'll see you next time. You want to see our beautiful mugs while we chat? Coffee with Bao is also available in video. Just search for it on YouTube and hit the subscribe button.